Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Perfectville. It's part of the Believe Podcast Network and is brought to you in part by Bet Online. The odds are out for the 2021-2022 NBA Championships. And you know who's number one? The Los Angeles Lakers. Why? Because they got all those veterans, all those superstars right behind them, the Brooklyn Nets, Golden State Warriors, Milwaukee Bucks, Phoenix Suns, and Los Angeles Clippers. Those are your top six teams that everyone is thinking is going to win the NBA championship here in the next season. And you can find all of those, along with your Rookie of the Year odds, at Bet Online. So if you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sports book expert in a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone but now something's stirring that will change this place forever perfect welcome to perfectville your first place podcast for your miami dolphins now part of the believe podcast network presented by bet online i am sam marcu and he is the two-time yes two-time hall of famer of course i'm talking about none other than the good doctor himself dr christopher colon doctor how in the hell are you my friend not as good as you i wish we were doing this video full show again because jesus christ you're doing the overtly smile and like the finger guns like you you look at you must be excited just like i am because there's football tonight there's football tomorrow there's football Saturday. There's football Sunday. We're in the midst of it, Sam. There's not a weekend that goes by from here until March where there's not football uh, in some form or another. So uh, I'm super stoked. Stop, Chris. I can only get so erect with all those uh, football games and football news, views, and content coming up here for the NFL season. I am absolutely 100% stoked. And since you mentioned it, video, uh, the Believe Podcast Network is actually opening up a video version of the podcast. So before too long, even maybe with this episode, we will be back on the video side of Welcome to Perfectville. But even if we aren't, we still have our sexy, sexy man voices here to talk all things Miami Dolphins. And we're going to start with the joint practices between the Chicago Bears and the Miami Dolphins. 15 minutes on the clock. Chris, I always ask this and I always know the answer. Are you ready? Yeah. What if I said no? That'd be so weird. I would just start the show. I would fire you and I would get a new (laughs) co-host. That's why I'm here. Yes, I'm ready. He is born ready. 15 on the clock. Now, as you mentioned and I mentioned off the air, the Miami Dolphins have been uh, practicing, if you want to call it that, with the Chicago Bears. Uh, It seems like the Miami Dolphins uh, maybe a couple steps ahead of the Chicago Bears overall based on all the reports that are coming out of, uh, well, really the Twitter universe there. Uh, Once Travis Wingfield was let out of prison on the south side of Chicago and could tweet again, uh, we're hearing all kinds of reports, all kinds of podcasts, all kinds of just good stuff coming out of these joint practices between the Miami Dolphins and the Chicago Bears. And I think the number one thing here, Chris, is that we're not seeing a lot of injuries uh, with these joint practices. So what are your thoughts overall with the Miami Dolphins, Chicago Bears joint practice venture here this week? Well, we're not seeing a lot of injuries because all of our injured people are already out. <laughs> they're already injured. We cannot, we cannot, we can't get injured. It's like, like they're saying about the COVID thing here, Chris. Like at some point, where anybody that isn't vaccinated is going to get the Delta variant of COVID, and therefore it's going to die out because it won't have any more hosts. So it's like, well, good news, I suppose. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> um, yeah. But Fuller, uh, Parker, uh, Wilson is, is dinged up uh, all out, but the guys that are in are doing fantastic. Matt Collins having himself a great day. Jakeem Grant having multiple. Yeah. I, I see your, yep, I hear you. I see, see your face. Uh, Jakeem Grant having a good day, although he was responsible for one of Tua's interceptions today, supposedly bobbled it into the defender's hands, which is so Jakeem Grant. Well, what, um, what happened was Tua threw it at, uh, at the ground and it went over Jakeem's head. So that's what happened. One thing I will say, and I left him for last on purpose, Sam, because I want to articulate my ex- my, my excitement. Because I got I to gotta be completely honest, with him being out the majority of the year last year, I didn't pay a lot of attention to Alabama football. Um, and Devontae Smith was the big guy. You know, He got all the numbers and the Heisman. Jalen Waddle was fucking awesome. <laughs> like he is so good. The Dolphins posted a video of him doing a one-on-one and literally made and, and this is such an overused thing, but he literally looked like he was on roller skates. He had to like 
turn around awkwardly as if he was in like half in a jacket and couldn't get the other arm sleeve on and had to spin like that is what Jalen Waddle did to a professional cornerback. And I'm here for it. His footwork, his speed, his change of direction is unbelievable. Not to mention his hands. This guy is going to be something else for us, Sam. And I am super excited. Yeah, I think a lot of people had questioned why Jalen Waddle would come off the board first before any of those other wide receivers that uh, we were rumored to be looking at during the draft. I think those are being answered early. Uh, he's having an amazing training camp, especially as a rookie. And think about it. The rookie wide receivers, rookie tight ends, rookie running backs don't typically make that big of a splash because they do have to get used to the speed of the game. Well, guess what? The speed of the game has to get used to Jalen Waddle. I mean, that's how quick this guy is. He's quick. He's sudden. He's fast. He's all of those things. And oh, by the way, he's also a really good football player to your end. He can catch the ball. He can go up and get it. He can go down and get it. He can go to the side and get it. Uh, he is just such a wonderful pairing to go back with to a Tunga Bailoa. And anybody who was questioning the Jalen Waddle pick in the first round of the draft has to be questioning themselves at this point. I mean, I wasn't 100% sold on him until we got him. And I'm like, okay, we're going to ride with this guy. And now I'm looking at like, this is a no brainer. He just seems like the perfect fit for this Miami Dolphins offense. Yeah. And he sounds a lot like my ex-girlfriend getting it in any different direction, but um, yes, uh, Jalen Waddle can do all those things. He fights for the ball and the obvious chemistry with Tua Dunga Bailoa is there. Um, even Albert Wilson came out and said, it's pretty incredible to have someone like his talent on the other side of the ball, uh, creating this mismatch of, of weaponry uh, for our team. And then when you actually think about us being healthy with actually Will Fuller too, being uh, in that mix and, and Devonte Parker and Gusecki give in Williams, if he makes the team giving you that size aspects of things, uh, it's all, literally almost un, uh, defendable. Like if Tua gets three seconds to throw, someone's going to be open. There's going to be a lot of third down conversions this year, Sam. And it's going to be very, very sweet. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, one of the things that we've seen here in these joint practices is that Tua Tungavailoa against another team, at least so far, I know it's a practice and we're going to see him in preseason against this very same team here on Saturday does have some time. The combination of the offensive line uh, that's working at least today uh, seems to be giving Tua Tungavailoa a lot of time. And a few times that pressure was coming Tua recognized it and got rid of the ball quickly. So, I mean, you talk about a, uh, an embarrassment of riches in terms of the wide receivers and tight ends in this group. Uh, but you're also starting to see the offensive line look like they possibly might be sort of figuring out how to work together and to understanding that if there's a breakdown in the protection, get rid of the ball quickly. And he's got quick, you know, jackrabbit type people to get the ball to, to allow them just to create in space, even if it's a small amount of space, be it Albert Wilson, be it Jalen Waddle, be it, you know, those running backs back there, Miles Gaskin and everyone else that he could just thump the ball off and say, go get me four or five yards because otherwise we were going to get a sack or nothing. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful looking, you know, early return uh, to what we're seeing for the Miami Dolphins here in 2021. Well, and that's the thing uh, my dad and other uh, detractors of Tua like to say when he came out, oh, he just got the ball out quickly to his playmakers. That's why he's so good. Okay. <laughs> like, why, why wouldn't we want that? Do we want quarterbacks to hold up the ball for seven seconds and maybe throw a deep interception or a deep touchdown? It's a 50-50 ball. Like, now, yeah, you get the fastest guys in the country. That's what Alabama does. And they run slants because it can't be covered. And the quarterback gets rid of the ball quickly. You don't have to worry about your line being great at blocking. And let that guy that's really fast run with the ball. That sounds like a fantastic operation. So when you can get a Waddle, you can get a Fuller, you can get a Wilson that could do those things, and then all of a sudden they're double-teaming those guys and Parker's one-on-one. -on -one. It's called setting up plays. Why would you not want a quarterback that's good at doing that? It doesn't make any sense to me. I've never really fully understood the argument that the quarterback is only good because he has good players around him. It's like, <laughs> okay. I mean, so let's get good players. Exactly. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? It's like, like they what? want, they want to win in despite of that, like almost like it's a better story. If we only have Wes Walker and Julian Edelman. So like, Hey, we won with these guys, lunch pail dudes. No, go get talent. That's it. It's, it's a talent acquisition business as Bill Parcells most famously said. And if you don't have that talent, what ends up happening is you have somebody like Aaron Rodgers who's furious with his team because they don't go out and get him receivers because he's so good that he can make average guys look good. And he's like, no, go get me good guys and we can win the Super Bowl every single year. By the way, 
people like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, they do these weird underhand flip tosses to their playmakers when they're in a spot and everyone goes, wow, what a genius. He just figured out how to make something out of nothing by giving it to this guy and letting him go run wild. Why does Tua not get that same sort of? Yeah, like you know, 10 of Patrick Mahomes touchdowns last year were shovel passes. And it's like Andy Reid's so creative by the goal line. And Mahomes is so great at just flipping. He's a fantastic quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But if we can give credit to those guys for those plays uh, and it's Kelsey putting his shoulder down at the one yard line. I remember when Tannehill would get a touchdown because Wilson came in motion. He just went eh, and threw yeah. it forward and it counted as a pass and a touchdown pass at that. So, yeah, no, it's OK, guys. If he just gets rid of a quick five yard slant and we get a 70 yard touchdown out of it, it's not like it counts for less points. I really hope that when that shovel pass happened to Albert Wilson, that Ryan Tannehill actually physically went eh. When he tossed the ball to him, just made that little grunting sound like an infant, like, eh, and just pass it off to him. That would be just perfect in my, uh, in my opinion. Um, so not only did we, are we seeing the offense play pretty well, but all reports are that the defense for the Miami Dolphins, specifically the defensive line is just stuffing the crap out of the Chicago bears. Now, granted the Chicago bears don't have a very good offensive line. You can argue that they don't have a very good offense, but nonetheless, you're up against another professional football team and you're dominating, especially at the line of scrimmage. That is a good sign and a good indicator that you have a solid foundational team that's going to be in a lot of games. They're not going to be blown out because if you have a good defensive line, you can make offenses that are really good look very pedestrian. Yeah, and um, it's like Emmanuel Ogba listened to our show and wants Cromartie sacks because he is absolutely dominating out there. I think I read a tweet from Travis today. Um, where he said something along the lines of like, he's completely, he can't even remember the amount of sacks and pressures he's gotten because it was so many today in camp. So uh, huge, huge progress out of camp right off the bat there. And obviously listener to the show. Thanks, Manuel. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if Emmanuel Ogba is listening to the show and wants to get Cromartie sacks or if he's listening uh, to the show, but also wants to get a contract extension that's probably worth more than anything Cromartie has actually signed in his career. I think that might be the motivation more so than listening to our show, but Nonetheless, thank you for listening to the show, Emmanuel Ogba. We love you for it. Speaking of people who get contract extensions, uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit more in the second segment as we go over all the news and notes surrounding the Miami Dolphins. But Xavier Howard out there practicing. I guess his ankle is just fine there, Chris, uh, and playing quite well in practice as well. I mean, we talked about the defensive line and Emmanuel Ogba, but going back to the defensive side of the ball and the defensive backfield, Xavier Howard looks good. I'm seeing reports about Noah Igbenogade looking pretty good putting good pressure on the wide receivers, forcing balls to go out of bound and be incomplete. That right there, if we can see the progression of Noah Igbenogane from year one to year two, combined with a now motivated Xavier Howard, and of course, Byron Jones. And then of course, the rookie of all rookies right now, Javon Holland, just out there creating havoc, making Chicago quarterbacks look like Chicago quarterbacks. Uh, this defensive backfield might, might rival the defensive line for best defensive unit for the Miami Dolphins, and that is saying something because that defensive line is stout. If the defensive line can be stout and we have that much talent covering, all that does is either force a quarterback to throw a bad throw and and thus causing turnovers, as it did last year, or we're covering so good they got to hold it and here comes a sack. And this is even without Jalen Phillips playing yet. He's mm -hmm. been injured as well. So uh, Javon Holland has been playing lights out. Um, we have so much depth with Nick Needham and uh, McCourty as well, looking to play safety in his old age. Byron Jones is looking well. I mean, it's just, it's so hard not to get excited, Sam. Um, but even with like the normal detractors, uh, you know, some of the beat writers and some of the fans are like, holy shit, like these guys are actually kind of looking good or like it's being well-spoken in the national media. It just feels different this time, man. And, and I'm really excited um, because it just, like you said, you're talking defensive backs and defensive line getting pressure. I mean, that's just uh, with, with the speed we have and the quick scoring ability that we have, if we can go up 14, nothing on somebody and pin our ears back. That's just all she wrote for an NFL uh, opponent. Yeah. I gotta be honest. I mean, I, I, I respected the Javon Holland pick, you know, I still think we were looking at Javante Williams and we, again, we were starting to spell his name out and then the Broncos came up and got him. But Javon Holland being the first safety off the board, I think was a shock to a lot of people. And the fact that we took another defensive back, Early in the second round was kind of a surprise as well. I mean, it wasn't, but it was at the same time. But it looks like the early returns, if he stays healthy, which there's no reason to think that he won't, my God, we might have gotten a steal uh, with this safety, Javon Holland here. And uh, he's going to make a lot of people who may have been questioning the Mika Fitzpatrick trade not question it any further. I mean, we may have our long-term safety solution 
in-house, and he is a former Oregon Duck. He's a current Miami Dolphins, Javon Holland. Yeah, well, and every, there's people literally saying he's a first-round talent, and if he didn't uh, sit out COVID uh, 2020, that he would have been a first-round pick. So us to get him in the second round, um, again, with the Texans' second-round pick. <laughs> um, God, just your pin tweet, you know, our pin tweet on our, you know, with the, with the scorecard, and Javon Holland – is is such a steal and i know you said javante williams and i I think that too uh, but people are saying like the fact that like we turned that pick in so quickly that like uh especially seeing brian flores the way he got really excited and nervous uh for phillips not um you know possibly being available there at 18 and and being excited he was it's almost like they're like oh god please they just traded in front of us they're going to take holland and they took williams like that worked we love gaskins and we're going to go get holland ran that thing up there and this guy's been playing just like like a veteran and like you said if he could do things like we wanted minka fitzpatrick to do this is just going to be a fantastic turnaround yeah and and one of the things that i really 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 appreciate about javon holland specifically is that they're asking him how he's able to make these plays so early in his rookie career and he's basically saying well if you do the tnt the take no talent stuff everything else comes just that much easier. So if you follow the fundamentals, if you actually do what your coaches are asking you to do the way that the way they ask you to do it, wouldn't you know it if you're getting early returns and, and payoffs right away. Now, he's got to prove it in a game, right? Preseason first and then of course the regular season, but this is all we have right now is practice against our own team and practice now against the Chicago Bears and everything is looking like Javon Holland is going to be a, a, a player for the Miami Dolphins and a name that by the end of this season, if this continues, people are going to go, how did he drop to the second round? Why do the Miami Dolphins have him, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Brandon Jones, Nick Needham, and everyone, Noah Igbenogany and everybody else. So this defense has been rebuilt in the vision of Brian Flores, and you can tell that he is a defensive-minded coach. But it's really like there's not a huge flashy player. I think Xavier Howard's our flashiest player. It's a lot of guys that just do it the right way, that understand what they're supposed to do, you know, stick to their responsibilities and wrap up, tackle, you know, and, and do what they're supposed to do, as I already said. And it's just a, it's like you said, it feels different overall as a team. But this defense seems like one of those defenses that we saw in the early 2000s with Jimmy Johnson in the late 90s, where you know coming in that this defense is going to maybe bend a little bit, but they're not going to break. They're not going to have you blown out of games. They're not going to cost you a game. Um, and that's a good feeling as a Miami Dolphin. It's a great feeling. Defense wins championships. Um, the problem with all those good defenses in the early 2000s, Sam, is that we didn't have explosive offense. And now, you know, you rattle off the names and it's like, dude, this is why we're excited. You got a good defense. It's solid all around front and back. No weaknesses. Uh, for all things considered, guys like Duke Riley and McKinley are all showing up and, and filling holes and and doing well with Baker playing his ass off with his new contract. And uh, you, you sprinkle that in with an Ogba looking for a new contract and he's going to play his, you know, his ass off. And it's like, man, it's almost like Brian Flores knew what he was doing. He's getting in guys that buy in to his TNT and uh, you put a strong team together and you'd beat anybody in this league. Absolutely. And that's 15 minutes on the Chicago Bears, Miami Dolphins joint practices. We're going to talk about the Chicago Bears and the Miami Dolphins in segment number three as we get ready for the first preseason game of the season for the Miami Dolphins against those very same Chicago Bears. But first, we're going to go pay some bills. And then after that, we're going to talk a little bit about just a lot of stuff that's surrounding the Miami Dolphins. Maybe not 15 minutes on one topic or another, but just a lot of ons and ends about players, about coaches, about personnel in terms of staff writers leaving uh but first let's go say hello to our commercials and then we'll come back right after these words admit it citizens of perfectville during this entire covid19 global pandemic you have bought at least one thing from amazon.com admit it it's okay we're all friends here we all live in the same town of perfectville i've bought things from amazon.com The only difference is when I buy, I go to welcometoperfectville.com first and click the link that takes me to amazon.com. And why do I do that? Because every time you do that, it takes you to the same exact amazon.com, same exact shopping experience. But by clicking the link on welcometoperfectville.com first, it sends a couple of dollars to your favorite town of Perfectville. That's right. Helps keep the lights on, so to speak. And there is no hidden fees. There is no extra charges. It's the same exact shopping experience of Amazon.com by way of welcome to perfectville.com. So as you sit down and check out the new 2021 Miami Dolphins schedule, look at all the draft picks that the Dolphins got just a couple of weeks ago and wonder which jersey you're going to get from Amazon.com, make sure you go to welcome to perfectville.com first and click the link. That's Amazon.com by way of welcome to perfectville.com. 
And as always, we are back. Sam Marku, Chris Colon, welcome to Perfect Build Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by betonline.ag. And Chris, I'm putting 15 minutes on the clock right away. I know you're ready, so I'm not even going to ask. And we're just talking all things, odds and ends, news and notes, views, and Terry Crews from America's Got Talent. I don't know. I just made up a rhyme because I like rhyming, but all things are happening here around the Miami Dolphins. Like we always say, doesn't matter if the Dolphins are good or bad. They're always going to give you something to talk about. And this last week was no exception here, Chris. Let's start with the biggest news, in my opinion, which is, of course, now old news. Xavier Howard back in the saddle again. Never any doubt from me. Chris said that he was <laughs> going to get traded. I was like, no, he's here to stay. What's the Seattle trade talk? I don't know what you were talking about, Chris. Your nonsense, your your haterdom came out over the last month and a half. But Xavier Howard re-signed or extended or reworked, whatever you want to say, and is now back and happy again with the Miami Dolphins. I'm glad I had this medium, Sam. I'd like to official uh, to um, just say a few words uh, to apologize to a uh, a certain player on the Miami Dolphins, uh, X, and he's like, he's like, a, he's like, he's like a superhero man. Just call him X. You know who we're talking about? Throw up the X. Xavier Howard, best cornerback in the league, uh, deserves to be paid like one. Uh, you're right. I'm wrong. You're smart. I'm dumb. You're the best. I'm the worst. I'm so glad you're here, man. You and Byron Jones covering guys. Yeah, man, it's going to be sweet. Uh, please, if you ever want to come on Perfectville, Ogbuck and give you a link and love to talk to you. I'm really sorry. Love, Chris. Uh, well, I'm glad you made amends because now that you see things the way I see things, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with everybody in the citizens of Perfectville. As happy as I am that Xavier Howard is now back. That was our number one option. Obviously, I'm teasing. I was, on, I was thinking he was going to be traded too. But as happy as I am that he's now back and happy and his ankle is, you know, I don't know what happened. Maybe he rubbed a couple of million dollars on that ankle and all of a sudden it's it's now working well. I don't know. As happy as I am that Xavier Howard's back, I'm a little disappointed he didn't get traded. I'm Uh-oh. a little disappointed he didn't get traded. I just, I I just cleared see- the air. I just cleared it. I know. I, I And I don't want him to leave. And I'm this is going to get taken out of context. I already know it. I'm just disappointed because I kind of like when people get traded. I like to see what the return would have been. I'm wondering if we would have gotten two first round picks or one first round pick or like a fourth round pick. I, I'm just disappointed that I didn't see what the return would have been. That's it. That's all. I just want to know, like, you know, look, could we make a deal with another team? Like, we'll trade them for a day and then we'll trade you everything back. We just want to know what we would have agreed on. If Xavier Howard had been traded, that's all. That's all I wanted to know. I think Brian Flores made this happen, dude. Like, honestly, him coming out so publicly being like, write that down. Like, I don't want to trade him. Like, when you're a player like in X situation and stature, you know, you're a great player and you know it, but you want the people around you sometimes every once in a while, just kind of like let you know, like we think that too. Um, And when Brian Flores comes out and he's not the type, normally he'll be like, Hey, he's working hard. He's, he's hoping to be the best. He's trying to be the best. We're trying to do that every day for him to just come out and straight up, like lay down on the grenade, so to speak, and be like, um, we write it down. Like we won't, don't want him to leave Miami dolphins. We don't want to play against him. We don't want him going anywhere else. Um, I don't know if that was like a, message to Chris Greer to the owner or anything to where it's like, can we you know, get this done? Like the season's starting. We need to be done with this. Um, really glad it worked out the way it did because it really wasn't even that much money. It wasn't even that crazy. Like I, they came out with the specifics and I'm like, okay, like, so were we just being hard asses? Like just give them money and let's play football. You know, and you bring up Brian Flores and I would be remiss if I didn't piggyback on top of that and say Chris Greer as well. Tom Garfinkel, um, Stephen Ross, everyone involved with the Miami Dolphins front office, they deserve a huge kudos, not only for how they've handled Xavier Howard, but how they've handled themselves over the last couple of years. It is obvious that if you have synergy between your head coach and your general manager specifically, you can get a lot of things done. it's, It's clear to me that Chris Greer and Brian Flores are on the same page. It's clear to me that Chris Greer and Brian Flores and Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, are on the same page. And when you have your senior leadership team galvanized like that, and then they can actually, you know, bring that forward or have it trickle down to the team, they see it. Even if they don't really understand what's happening, the team sees it. 
and they're going to feed off of that. They've all bought in. I mean, you're talking about rookies like Javon Holland, who's basically parroting what Brian Flores has been saying for a couple of years. You've got Xavier Howard, who for the last couple of years, let's be honest, has been somewhat of a tiny fringe problem child, whether it comes to contracts, injuries, off the field issues. He's coming back and playing here. In years past, he would have been gone. I mean, to the yes. point that I said earlier, we would have been like, okay, what did we get for him? That's what we've been conditioned as fans. Is somebody requests a trade, they're gone. How often do they actually stay? It doesn't really happen very often, whether it's a Dolphins or somebody else. This team got it done. Chris Greer, Brian Flores, everyone's obviously been communicating with each other and said, this is who we want. We want him here. What's it going to take to get him here? And to your point, in terms of the money and the financials behind it, it really wasn't that much more or that different than what he has now. He just needed to be shown some love. And this team figured out what he needed. They communicated with him and his agent and said, okay, we can make this work. We want to make it work. If you guys are willing to make it work, let's make it work. And that's exactly what happened. And look, the end result is exactly what you and I have been saying for a long time was this was the ideal that Xavier comes back, he's happy, and everyone can play football again. I think Coach Flo and Chris Greer uh, know we're close, man. Like, I really do. And it's like, is this going to hurt – pros and cons. Is this going to hurt us more for our end goal than it's going to help us? And if so, why, why are we doing this? Like, keep him on the team. And they did it. They got it done. And uh, Xavier Howard will wear aqua and uh, orange uh, this year and hopefully for years to come. I love how there's a – um, I mentioned this on Twitter. I think, I think there's a, uh, we can check back in on this in March or something like that in 2022. Um, and it's like, what if Byron Jones has 10 interceptions and you have one, <laughs> are we going to ask you to take less money? <laughs> because you're obviously betting on yourself to get, look at it more. Anyway, he's here. It's going to be a good 2021 because Xavier Howard's a mommy dolphin. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Well, speaking of Twitter, um, I kind of, think you need to fess up to something here chris we're gonna we're gonna change gears just a little bit but there's been a nuisance on twitter over the last couple of days when the miami dolphins have been um practicing and scrimmaging against the chicago bears and this nuisance has really bothered a friend of ours mr travis wingfield and travis wingfield is throwing bombs at some of our listeners some of the citizens of perfectville accusing them of trolling him and other beat reporters for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I believe the Twitter account is Chicago Bears PR or something along those lines. What do you know about this, Chris? Uh, yeah, so that popped up yesterday because Travis had a hashtag created. Um, I was like, hashtag free Wingfield. And then hashtag free Travis was also rolling around to the point where I think he's like number two behind free Britney trending on Twitter. Nobody beats uh, Brittany. Yeah. So, cause like uh, Travis very um, confidently tweeted out the quote, expect tweets when someone asked if he's going to be live tweeting during practice, come to find out. No, <laughs> you're not tweeting. They're, we're expecting no tweets says the Chicago bears, because when the practice is inside, it's closed to the public and it's closed to reporters to live tweet. So in my boredom during my lunch break, I created a Twitter account, <laughs> stole the Chicago Bears PR uh, avatar, slapped Mike Dicka's mustache as the background of the profile. And in my profile, I said, Chicago Bears public relations, tough as nails, F Travis, closed practice equals no live tweets. And I made sure to um, keep the, keep the um, let's just say the suspense that it makes sure this descent so to speak wouldn't be on me so i took a listener of ours raced and followed only him <laughs> um so i'm tweeting and tweeting and tweeting uh telling travis not to live tweet i'm i'm, I'm sending gifts of them uh, begging them not to people asking what time practice starts and me responding don't worry oh. about it it's not he can't live tweet anything like that and i message raced and tell him, I'm like, keep this between us. Sam doesn't even know this. Um, I'm PR Chicago Bears. And he goes, wow, Travis thought it was me. And sends me a screenshot of Travis messaging him saying, are you Chicago PR? And Race didn't know what he meant and said yes. So Travis <laughs> said, Travis said, I knew it, but hey, maybe follow more people because it's a dead giveaway. And that was my plan to follow only Race. So people would think it's him because you create a burner account. You follow yourself in case it's funny and people go back and they want to see who created this madness. 
it was me. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. And I live tweeted today. Uh, every time Travis posted something positive about the Dolphins, I said, Jesus Christ, please stop. Please no. Please, <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, please, bro, please. And I mean, I've got upwards. My notifications didn't stop. I'll just say that. And I know now that I can't wait that Travis finds out. Uh, the fact he thought it was race. And then race even said, and I quote, it's part of the screen grab. It's probably sorty or something on Twitter. <laughs> and here it is me, Chris from perfect bill. The two time hall of famer does it again. We're done practicing the bears by the time this show airs, Sam. So it's going to get kind of stale and old that um, I actually was, <laughs> I actually, at one point was uh, tweeting so much, Sam. Then I tried to tweet at uh, Travis and it wouldn't work. And then I went back to my Twitter and it worked. And I'm like, what the heck did I get? Like shadow banded Travis block me. So I go back to try to tweet again. It has me do a captcha because it thinks I'm a robot because I'm literally tweeting so much at Travis Wingfield and his live tweets. Um, had a lot of fun with it the last two days. I hope he did too. And everybody else got to enjoy that. Somebody asked whose burner is this? And I said, this is clearly the Chicago Bears for, um, you know, PR department. What do you mean? So yes, uh, curtains off. I am the Chicago Bears PR Twitter and had a blast. And uh, I really hope that you have gotten all the rest of the teams that we play in preseason their own PR because uh, next week and the week after and the week after is going to be a lot of fun just harassing Travis Wingfield and everybody else. So <laughs> kudos to you. You he's are the not best a robot. He is the best part. He didn't like or comment or respond to so any bad. of them because he doesn't know who it was. But behind the scenes, this private messaging jokester raced thinking it was him. Oh, my God. Like literally notifications are still coming through uh, for the one where I said, Jesus Christ, please stop. Uh, got a bunch of likes on that one, about 17 and then 28 on the other one. So uh, good stuff. Good stuff. And I know Travis well enough. He's a friend of ours, right? And, and I talk to him on a pretty regular basis that he's he's not going to sell it on Twitter because he's smart. He's a professional. But behind the scenes, he's losing sleep at night trying to figure out who the fuck is bothering him right now. <laughs> well, in the throw off scent, after after I kind of got raced a little bit, I made sure to follow some Chicago. So I, I, I followed the Chicago like CBS seven. I followed uh, Portillo's hot dogs. I, you know, I followed Uno, Uno's pizza and I followed Steve Bartman had a Twitter page. So I made sure, you know, cub related to try to seem like a normal Chicagoan uh, or PR person. So yeah, I think it all went pretty well considering I was just effing around on my lunch break. That was a blast. Good stuff. Well, Travis Wingfield is the very best beat reporter for the Miami Dolphins and he happens to work for the Miami Dolphins. And I don't think he's actually classified as a beat reporter, but it's a nice connective tissue to what I want to talk about next here, Chris, which is that all the beat reporters are leaving the Miami Dolphins like rats off of a floating ship. I mean, what a time to leave covering the Miami Dolphins when they're actually going to be, you know, playoff contenders and possibly the Super Bowl people down uh, here in the near, near future. But Armando Salguero, the latest uh, from everyone uh, leaving the Miami Dolphins, 30 years with the Miami Herald, apparently moving on to do something else. I believe uh, Adam Beasley has already left and there's a few others that uh, have given notice. Um, what are your thoughts on all the beat writers leaving the Miami Dolphins sports scene and the Miami Dolphins in general? Um, and follow-up question to that, why do we still have Omar Kelly? You're going to get me in trouble in the second question. The first one, I will just state that I think the medium is different. 30 years ago, yeah, we needed to have guys that can write about the Miami Dolphins. You said this off air, so I'll make sure to give you credit for it. We don't need these guys. We've got people like Travis. we got fans going that are just live tweeting. Sometimes we want to see bias. We want to see how excited they are that Gaskin just like shredded somebody on a juke instead of just like five yard run to the right, like super monotone, just reporting. So um, I think that is something that's absolutely been a big deal uh, for this is because you know, yeah, you, now I got to pay nine, you know, 99 cents to go read Barry Jackson, talk about, you know, the heat summer league. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. When like Jim was at the heat summer league game and live tweeted about it and he has nine followers, somebody searched it and found it. And there it is. Um, also, I think honestly, Sam, they must've had an insider, someone inside the facility that would leak them information and he's gone. He or she is gone. Um, we know firsthand we'd get information from the fins.com, Sam, because there's somebody there that worked in like uh, as like a PA or something, and they would get fax physicals come in about people traveling. So we knew the free agents that were looking to sign and can kind of base things off that before like it even went to the news. It's gone. There's no more leakers there. I think Brian Flores, it's a 
open. It's a sh- shut trap completely. No one's been able to guess our draft picks the last couple of years, free agencies, nothing. And they just don't have anything anymore. And it's just opinion puff pieces and no one cares anymore. Like we're just done caring. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that the, the, the sources are what they used to be. They were and, John and- Denny and he's gone. <laughs> he was just clearly he was just he was had footballs that he was just like long snapping to the reporters and they would have notes on him. Right. Like that's just what was happening. Oh, wow. He's so errant with his long snaps in practice. How is his he ball so says Devonte hamstring out two weeks? Shit. Type it up. Uh, I'll tell you this. I mean, I, I think, you know, this, I think I've, I've mentioned this to you, at least off the air when Adam Gase was the coach, you know, I had a source for Adam Gase information uh, because I was friends with a really good friend of Adam Gase's. And this guy was in contact with Adam Gase quite a bit. And Adam Gase would talk to him because they're buddies and they're friends. And I wouldn't get all the information. I certainly didn't have like inside scoop information because if I did, I would probably be, you know, blabbing about it more and more often. But, you know, we've talked about this a lot. I was able to predict Jarvis Landry and Miami Dolphins having a nasty divorce. And that was due in part because a, I'm pretty intuitive and I knew that those two didn't like each other. And B, I had that confirmed through a source. That source is gone. That source is no longer a source of mine for the Miami Dolphins because Adam Gase isn't there. So there is something to be said about this regime cutting off those leaky tentacles that are getting out to certain people. But I also think it's more of the first thing there, Chris, which is people don't need the Palm Beach, Palm Beach Post anymore. They don't need the Miami Herald. They don't need the Sun Sentinel necessarily for their news and views because it is now a medium where anybody can be a reporter. Like you just said, Jim was at the gym and saw the Miami Heat score 75 points. I mean, that's just, we don't need a traditional medium for this type of information anymore. And the fact that we are doing a podcast and reach thousands of people with every single episode is proof of that. So, you know, kudos to Armando Salguero. Maybe we'll get somebody else who can actually write a decent Hall of Fame pitch for Zach Thomas instead of him. And, uh, you know. We'll just move on from there. Goodbye from Perfectville to Armando Salguero and all the beat writers who have left over the last few months. Well, now the cool thing is you have uh, you know leaked info on uh, you know St. Lake Mary High School in Texas, wherever Adam Gase is the offensive coordinator. So yeah, you get some cool tidbits about what uh, you know Bob Reinholdt is doing and who is he taking to prom. <laughs> Did you see Adam? And we're in overtime right now. Did you see Adam Gase at uh, Peyton Manning's Hall of Fame induction? He's just sitting in the crowd with a dad hat, looking like the most miserable guest of all time. You know, twice failed head coach. You know, never going to get another head coaching gig for uh, in the NFL or possibly even college again. And he just looked like one of those guys that had to go to his daughter's recital, and he would rather be doing work. Like he'd rather be in the office, but the wife complained, so he's there just so that he can sleep in his bed instead of the couch that night. He looked absolutely 100% miserable. It's probably because he pissed off half the people that were there <laughs> as a head coach. Uh, speaking of former coaches awkwardly sitting, did you see Hard Knocks and randomly Joe Philbin is on the Cowboys team and he's sitting just awkwardly at a table with like his legs out and looking like a complete nerd? Like it was so I was like, is that Joe Philbin? He's still in the league? Like, good Lord. He's having yeah. everybody pick up trash. He's the assistant head coach and offensive line uh, coach for Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. And I did see that and I could just tell it was like an exercise and like all the Cowboys players were just throwing rappers on the floor away from him. And he's just had to like, it was like a dog that you're trying That's to train. That's how Dak like, Prescott hurt his shoulder, <laughs> throwing gum wrappers yeah. to piss off Joe Philbin. Yeah, I did see that. I actually saw it in the Hall of Fame game too. I saw him on the sidelines. They had like a, an extended shot of Joe Philbin. And I don't think they were focusing on Joe Philbin as much as the cameraman was probably thinking the same thing you and I were like, this motherfucker's still in the league. I had no idea. Reminds me of uh, that John Mulaney bit where he's like, is that? Is that Dean Kane? Like he's just like, is that is that Joe Philbin? Is he still in the league? Jesus Christ. Uh, well, we're still giving you the content here at Welcome to Perfect Bill. We're gonna go take one more commercial break and come back and get you ready for the preseason opener for the Miami Dolphins and the Chicago Bears right after these words. Patchvibes.com is still the best place to get all of your best patches, stickers, hats, t-shirts, all things Miami sports swag. The Don Shula patch, the Laramie Tunzel pot smoking draft day patch, the Miami Vice t-shirt, all things Miami Dolphins, Miami Heat, Miami Marlins, Miami sports scene can be found at patchvibes.com. Check it out. And these words are now done. It's Chris Cullen. It's Sam Marcu. It's Welcome to Perfectville, the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. 15 minutes on the clock. Miami Dolphins, Chicago Bears, Saturday, 
August 14th, the very first preseason game for the Miami Dolphins here and the Chicago Bears, but we don't necessarily care about them unless, of course, you work for their PR department like Chris Cullen does. Um, (laughs) But I'm looking forward to this for obvious reasons here, Chris. This is actual football preseason as it is, but there's only three preseason games, and this is our first time to really see the Miami Dolphins revamped offense with Tua Tungavailoa as the bona fide starting quarterback with Jalen Waddell and everyone else on offense. How stoked are you to see this team go up against another team, even though we've been seeing them in practice? But suits on, game on, game one. What are you looking forward to the most there, Chris? Oh, man, it's football. This is fantastic. This is everything you want. This is Christmas. Uh, sprinkle in the fact my son has a his first scrimmage that morning. So it's like just football overload. I couldn't be more proud and happier to be uh, just this day. It's going to be so great to see our uniform run out in the field, play someone else. Um, it's, it's funny. You think about it and Jalen Waddle is going to go up to two and be like, Hey man, so what, what should I, ex- what should I expect out there? And he's like, I don't fucking know. It's my first preseason game too. <laughs> like they, there, there was no preseason last year. So this is, this is fantastic. This is, this is a football lifers best part of it. People are like, what? Like I recorded the hall of fame game because I wanted to come home from practice and watch it from the beginning. And people are like, dude, it's, you know, who cares? I care. I want to see Javon Holland play. I want to see uh, Nick Needham play. I want to see Isaiah Ford moss somebody and get up. These guys are playing for their lives at the end of these games. And um, it's a, it's a lot of fun because uh, there's going to be sleepers that make the team or mm-hmm. undrafted free agents. You didn't expect. I want to see dokes run somebody over. So yeah, it really excited Sam. Like I can't wait. Yeah, just in general, obviously, uh, I always say this every year when we get into preseason, outside of injuries, right, avoiding injuries, what is the number one thing you're looking for from this offense, this defense, the special teams? What is it about this Miami Dolphins team specifically, Chris, that you're looking to get out of this first game against the Chicago Bears on Saturday? Um, progress. I want them to get be better going into week one than they will be Saturday. So the line blocks better to get rid of the ball better um, starts trusting other guys. So I just want to see progress from the team gel uh, some um, momentum. You know, you guys want to get chemistry on the line, things like that. And just somebody stand out. Like you always want somebody to stand out uh, t- towards the end of preseason. We're like, that, dude, that guy has to make the team, you know, one of those kind of guys. So um, we have a million wide receivers. I can see somebody like a Kirk Merritt or, um, you know, uh, Lynn Bowden, who no one's talking about, just have like a fantastic preseason. And we're going to be like, God damn it. Like, what do we do with all these guys? So, yeah, progress. It's going to be fun. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, you started to hit on where I think I want to go. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go towards the offense more than the defense. I think our defense is pretty well established. I mean, obviously, you want them to get better and get reps and, you know, get the rookies in there and, and, and all that fun stuff. But really, the back end of the wide receiver room um, really is a wild card right now. I think we know who our top three or four wide receivers should be when they're healthy. But I don't know if it's Kirk Merritt. I don't know if it's Lynn Bowden. I don't know if it's you know, any of these back end guys, Isaiah Ford has a shot uh, on some level. I mean, he's having a fantastic camp uh, as he comes back for his 17th round with the Miami Dolphins. Robert, Robert Foster's having a great camp. Like Robert Foster was one of the very first uh, free agent pickups that we had this year. And before Will Fuller came on board later, I think Robert Foster was going to be that burner guy that we maybe count on to, you know, just run real fast down the sidelines and throw him the ball. So you have these guys that now only have three games instead of four to prove themselves. So I'm really looking to see who's going to have the most dog in them and who's willing to basically slit the throat of their teammates to get their own job. I mean, I don't want them to physically slit their throat. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, Mark Walton or anything like this, but, you know, I just, I want them to go out there and physically just say, this is my job and you're not taking it from me. And we need to see that on the back end of this roster in terms of the wide receivers. So that's one thing I'm looking for. Um, How, how much playing time should Tua Tungavailoa get? I mean, a you're, series, you're, maybe a series or two. I'm thinking two. I want to see two yeah. series. I want to see him with the starters, and I'm going to see him with the direct backups because I think it's important that he develops some chemistry with those Kirk Merricks and the Lynn Bowdens of the world because they will eventually get reps with Tua in there. But yeah, I'm with you. I think two series and then get him out of there. And I can be convinced to three if the offensive line is playing very, very well. But no more than that. I agree with you. And then I think you see him more in the second game as opposed to the t- traditional third game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that's what you want to see. Um, Travis was harping on how good the offense uh, looked in red zone. So you want to see uh, him even get an opportunity to do that. So hopefully yeah, a couple of good drives that lead into some opportunities. So, but that's all you need. Nothing crazy. 
Now we both talked about offense, and I think that's where we're uh, we're looking because that's where we're trying to see the most improvement from year to year. But on the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned Javon Holland seeing him out there, you know, against another team in an actual game type situation. Is there anybody else, or do you want to elaborate on that? I mean, is there somebody on defense or just something on defense that you need to see, want to see? Our two rookies. I want to see Javon. Uh, Holland and I want to see Jalen Phillips. If he plays, I want to just see his get off. I want to see his excitement. Uh, watching the Hall of Fame game, it was really cool seeing Micah Parsons tackle Najee Harris. Like, uh, it's just like what you want to see. Those guys are just in the draft and hey, rookie, welcome to the NFL. And now here they are in their NFL pads, like playing against each other. So it's really cool. Um, so I would love to see uh, Jalen Phillips tip it up and Javon Holland intercepts it. There's something cool like that where the rookies have a standout moment, maybe a sack and a pick. Or um, I, I remember specifically my, um, Minka Fitzpatrick, his first game. I think he had like a touchdown saving tackle, like open field maybe like the five yard line took out the guy's legs, completely chopped him down. And everybody's like, Holy shit, this guy can ball. Um, that'd be great. If Holland can come out and do something like that. And like Jalen Phillips. So definitely the rookies for me. Yeah. For me, I think it's the unit that we didn't really talk about when we were talking about the training camp um, uh, practices against the bears earlier in this episode. And that's the linebackers. I feel like they've been a little bit, you know, ignored and that's just because not that they haven't been good or solid. It's just, the defensive line has been outstanding and the defensive backfield has the potential to be outstanding that you forget about the linebackers. But, you know, we, we walked away from, well, we let Kyle Van Oye go, you know, he was our big free agent pickup last year. He's no longer in the linebacking uh, room right now. He's back with the New England Patriots. We have Andrew Van Ginkle. We have, I guess, technically Emmanuel Ogba as a linebacker. We got Bernard McKinney from uh, the Houston Texans, who is a great blitzing um, uh, linebacker there. And we're not really talking about them very, uh, very much right now. And I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to steal the show a little bit. Are they going to put on a show against the Chicago Bears or are they just going to be a solid unit that's just going to be there and they're not going to be that elite unit because we have that defensive line and that potential in the defensive backfield, but they're not going to give anything up. They're not going to let anybody get beyond five yards, six yards, so on and so forth. So I'm really going to be focused on the on, when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to be looking at those linebackers. I think that's where my mind, uh, in my mind's eye, where I'm going to be going when I'm watching this and evaluating it from you know a fan slash evaluator perspective. Um, and then I have one other one here, Chris, that I'm going to throw out there. Our, our, our punter, Mike Pilardi, who is apparently uh, just a sharpshooter with kicking the ball. And then you've got, you know, Jason Sanders, who uh, is like the richest kicker of all time already. We're pretty solid with the kicking game. Uh, we're pretty good with the long snapping game. What I don't know that we know is who's actually be returning kicks and punts. So I'm curious on the first team kick return, punt return teams, uh, what does that look like? Who is back there? Who are we hedging our bets is going to be the guy returning kicks for us uh, during the regular season? Do you have an idea? Who, who do you predict will be back there uh, at the start of the game? Um, I would probably say uh, Jalen Waddle, just because he's a rookie and it's the first one and they want to just see him get his reps under the lights. Um, if not, it's going to be Jakeem Grant. He's playing for his life too, uh, mm -hmm. like a lot of these receivers. And if he's going to stand out anywhere, it's going to be as – a returner. So yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. We have a lot of speed, man, like just like a ton of speed. So uh, really exciting to see what happens there. I, and I can't wait to see Jalen Waddle run a couple routes to see his separation, his speed in person in HD. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, it really is. I'm looking forward to it. It's just going to be fun to see them hit another team. And I believe they're carrying the game live on NFL Network, if I'm yes, not mistaken. One o'clock. So, uh, if anybody's out there Eastern. trying to figure out how to play, it's one o'clock Eastern. That's the game. Okay. So that means I have to wake up like a, like Friday night in order to watch the game if I'm doing the math correctly. Uh, I believe that's 10 a.m. for the West Coast, which in fact is the best coast. Um, but yeah, the, you have the Chicago Bears, Miami Dolphins, preseason game number one. Obviously, we're looking to avoid injuries. You know, neither one of us have mentioned the offensive line. I think that's also another area of concern. We want to see how they gel but i think that's just general like their, their their success is tied in with tua right we need tua to do well and he does well if the offensive line does well so it kind of goes hand in hand uh anything from the coaching staff you want to see is there anything that intrigues you from the coaching staff be it brian flores fighting you know players on the other team again or uh the co-offensive coordinators and how they're going to work and what that's going to look like from a play calling standpoint or is there anything on the coaching side of things that uh you at least want to evaluate if not watch in real time yeah, I mean, obviously the play calling is going to be the number one thing everybody mentions, but it's going to be hard to even evaluate that because it's a week one of the preseason. Sure. How much are they going to really show? What formations are they really going to 
uh, you know, give up. I, I would like to see more motion, more uh, plays uh, to set, use our speed, crossing routes, slants, things of that nature. So, um, yeah, just something like that. Hopefully uh, it would be nice to see like a, a two-minute drill, what, what that looks like with these new offense coordinators and the one play caller. So, yeah, it, obviously that's going to be the obvious one to see. Um, but just like my game plan on Saturday at the scrimmage, that doesn't mean anything. Super vanilla, 4-4, four, four, cover three. That's it. I'm not going to run anything crazy because I don't want to show anything. Well, there you go. I mean, uh, you you somehow transitioned from the pro game right into you know middle school football scrimmaging, or maybe junior, maybe is it junior high? Is he in junior high or is he in high school now? Eighth grade, yeah, middle school last year. All right, so last year of middle school. So uh, I'm just was two tra- step. I'm one step below Adam Gase. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you literally, yeah, you're you're a year away from from having a colleague in Adam Gase. That is incredible. Tom Brady's Hall of Fame speech. <laughs> And, and I hope you look just as miserable as Adam Gaze did. You know, would. if you're at Tom Brady's Hall of Fame speech, you just sit there with your dad hat looking like, I don't want to be here. I don't like any of these people. They don't like me. I need to go figure out how to get. It would have been great if he was actually drawing up plays during the, you know, Peyton Manning speech. Like, I don't have time for this shit. I have where to Peyton figure was out. talking and he's just doing like the itch the neck thing yeah. where he just like, is like completely would rather be anywhere else in the world. I wish because there was that that beautiful you know, Jeff, when he became the Jets coach, where his eyes were going all over the place, and somebody put a taco that he was following a taco. I don't know if you've ever seen that, Jeff, or <laughs> not. I wish there was somebody who would uh, who would have known he was there and had put a taco on like a, a a fishing pole and was just kind of moving it around <laughs> in front of Adam Gase to see if we can replicate in real life what he was doing when he was the Jets coach and, and being introduced at the press conference. But uh, oh well, maybe we'll uh, maybe we will see that when Adam Gase shows up for Jay Cutler's Hall of Fame speech. Maybe. Uh, Hey, he's back on Twitter and he's actually hilarious. Jay Cutler is like my new favorite follow on Twitter, yeah. and that's no joke. He is other he than is the Bears the PR, of course. Well, Bears PR and then Jay Cutler, which again, those two go hand in hand together as well. I mean, you should probably follow Jay Cutler as Bears PR. Uh, but I, I absolutely love Jay Cutler. I mean, I love the new version of him. He's 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 divorced. He's away from Cavallari, and all of a sudden, he's like a new man who uh, is leaning into this whole character of Jay Cutler doesn't care, and I love it. It's absolutely a blast. Yeah, people are like, this isn't the real Jay Cutler. And he just took a picture of like a studio he's in about to host a, a freaking sports show. And people are like, holy shit, this is Jay Cutler. And you got a check mark like immediately. That was fantastic. Uh, it's it's uh, it's wonderful. And uh, I'm glad he's in on the joke. It makes uh, it makes Twitter fun. Just you know, like Twitter to get your blue check mark. They ask for like a picture for reference. I hope he sent the one of his ass when he's in vacation <laughs> naked looking at the back. And he's like, I've got three more of those that you haven't seen of the front. And they're like, blue check mark. Holy shit. I uh, I took a picture of a Rondé Bagston when I sent in for the blue check mark and I did not hear back. So apparently <laughs> they don't get our humor here at uh, Welcome to Perfect Bell there, Chris. Like, who the fuck is this? It's somebody in their PR department. They have to deal with this shit every day. It would be great if the guy who uh, actually doled out the blue check mark is an actual Dolphins fan and a citizen of Perfect Bell and he's drinking his soda with the bag. And he's like, "What? who's this asshole? And he's just uh, <laughs> drinking it, not really realizing that it's me, you asshole. Anyway, uh, well, we're looking forward to it. Uh, Saturday afternoon slash Saturday morning, Miami Dolphins, Chicago Bears, no injuries, nothing but good things on offense. And uh, we, we know who we're looking at on defense as well as special teams. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I can't wait to talk about it next week, Chris, after we have one in the can and we can uh, start talking about what it looks like for the Miami Dolphins against other teams. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. Just so, 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 so much fun. Football, football, football. What a weekend. Let's go, go, go. All right. Well, uh, on behalf of myself and Chris, unless you have anything else you want to say, the only thing left to say on behalf of the Believe Podcast Network presented by betonline.ag is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.